जय राधा माधव जय कुंज बिहारी जय राधा राधमाधव जायकुंज बिहारी जय राधमाधव गोपी जानवा जय गिरिवरधारे जय गिरिवरधारे गोपी जानवा धारे जाय घेरे भर यशोर नंदा जय ब्रज जन यशोदनांदना ध्वजन राजाय बिहारे यमुन थीरावन चारी जाए Vishnupad Paramahamsa Pariraj Gacharya Shota Shota Shishimad His Divine Grace Shilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj 
Jayam Vishnupad Paramaham Saparidajikachaya Shota Shota Shishimad, His Divine Grace. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Goswami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Shri Chaitanya Charitam Ki. Go, Premanande. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishi and Granga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Shishetanya Jaya Nityananda. Jaya Jaya Shishetanya Jaya Nityananda. Jaya Dvaita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dvaita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinla Jaya Dvaita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinla So reading from the Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita, chapter 22 of Madhya Lila, the process of devotional service, beginning with text number 18. Translation, without devotional service, All other methods of spiritual self-realization are weak and insignificant. Unless one comes to the devotional service of Lord Krishna, jnana and yoga cannot give the desired result. So what was it that I just read? So there are different spiritual processes recommended here. But without uh, devotional service, all other methods for spiritualization are weak and insignificant. So even if you're in the following the path of jnana or yoga, without the element of bhakti, you cannot achieve perfection. Purport. In the Vedic scriptures, stress is sometimes given to fruitive activity, speculative knowledge and the mystic yoga system. Are the people are inclined to practice these processes, they cannot obtain the desired result without without being touched by Krishna Bhakti, devotional service. In other words, the real desired result is to invoke dormant love for Krishna. Krishna, Srimad Bhagavatam states, Sabepumshampa paro dharmo yato bhaktir dhokshaje haituki 
The supreme occupation, dharma, for all humanity is that by which men can attain loving devotional service unto the transcendent Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. Karma, jnana, and yoga cannot actually awaken love of Godhead. One has to take to the Lord's devotional service. And the more one is inclined to devotional service, the more he loses interest in other so-called achievements. Juva Maharaj went to practice mystic yoga to see the Lord personally, face to face. But when he developed an interest in devotional service, he saw that he was not being benefited by karma, jnana, and yoga. So Juva Maharaj saw the Lord he said, I was looking for broken pieces of glass, but now I have found the real gem. Naishkarmyam atichutta bhava varjitam nashobate jnanam ala niranjanam kutapuna shashvad abhadram ishvare nacharpita karma yad apikaranam when pure knowledge is beyond all material affinity, but is not dedicated to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, it does not appear very beautiful, although it is knowledge without a material tinge. What then is the use of fruit of activities, which are naturally painful in the beginning and transient by nature? If they are not utilized for devotional service of the Lord, how can they be attractive? So this is from the first canto, fifth chapter, text 12. So karma, karma kanda is considered lesser than the path of jnana yoga, the path of philosophical speculation, where you become free from all material designations and see oneself as Brahman, as the soul within the body. And here, uh, Shukadeva Goswami is saying, or this is uh, Vyasadeva is saying, what is the that spiritual knowledge which has no material tinge is not considered uh, very beautiful, even though it has no material aspect to it, if it is devoid of bhakti. He said, what to speak of the karmakanda, the materialistic path of doing all kinds of rituals, to get future material benefits, which are uh, painful in the beginning and transient. They're impermanent by nature. Purport. This is a quotation from the Srimad Bhagavatam 1.5.12. Even after writing many Vedic literatures, Vyasadev felt morose. Therefore his spiritual master, Naradev, told him that he could be happy by writing about the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Up to that time, Srila Vyasadeva had written the Karma Kanda and Jnana Kanda sections of the Vedas. But he had not written about the Upasana Kanda or Bhakti. Thus his spiritual master, Narada, chastised him and advised him to write about the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Therefore, Vyasadeva began writing the Srimad Bhagavatam.
So in every religious tradition, you find these three stages. You find, or they can have up to the three stages. Maybe they don't all have these three stages, but in general, you will find on the bottom level, what is the lowest level? What is what is the lowest level of religious practice? In relation to this purport. Karma Kanda. So you're practicing your religion because you're going to get, it's going to line your pockets. It's going to bring you Shubhlab, good fortune, good uh, wealth. It is going to make everything fortunate. It's going to make you wealthier. It's going to help you find a house, a wife, a, 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 a house by the sea, HDTV, Jaya Jagadishahari. You know this. Bhajan that is actually, it's all uh, saturated with materialistic ideas of getting something. So that is called karma kanda. Sometimes it is in a benign form and sometimes it's even in a very scandalous form. For example, uh, in America we had famous televangelists. They say, just if you're in debt, if you are $10,000 in debt, all you got to do is call 1-800-such-and-such and give us a $1,000 and Jesus will wipe out your debt. So sometimes it is in a more scandalous form. Sometimes it is in a more benign form. But the idea is that the person is practicing religion to get something material. That's the bottom level. Bhaktivinoda Thakur also gave four levels in the Chaitanya Shikshamrita, he said, the bottom level is a person worships God out of fear. And then he says, the next level is a person worships God out of desiring material benefit. And then he says, the next level is a person worships God out of a saint's great sense of gratitude and duty. And the top level it is out of genuine affection. Like a mother does not take care of her child out of duty, she just does it out of genuine affection. So the next level is a big leap. So the next level, the Jnana section of the Vedas, deal with the Upanishads, which are critical of the Karmakanda section. Similarly, as Krishna is very critical of Karmakanda activities of the Bhagavad Gita. So the, the Jnana section is where a person is, like for example, Krishna says, Chavidyamam soma paputa papa yagyasvakatam paparyate te punyama shadra sharenda lokan ashanti divyan vivideva bhogan. He says those who follow the path of the three Vedas, Chavidyamam soma saputa papa, they drink the Delicious, samaras, and enjoy heavenly delights. Swagatam, uh, he says, say, te tambukpa swagatam bishalam. But then the next verse, he says, te tambukpa swagatam bishalam, shine punya martilokam bhajanti. Eva rupranu papana gatam gatam kamahlabanti. He says, so, they enjoy heavenly delights, divideva bogan, heavenly delights. But when their, when their credit runs out, when their karma runs out, like, uh, if you go on a cruise ship, you're only there as long as your money allows. 
Your money runs out, back to work. It says, Shine Punya. Shine Punya. When your Shine means finish. Punya. When your piety is finished, Martyalo come. The abode of death, earth, Vishanti. You fall back. He says, therefore, Labante, what do they gain? What do they obtain? Nothing. Just again, they're back where they started. Now, at least if you go on a cruise, you might have some souvenir. But if you are now a janitor in Dallas and your past life you are Indra, what did you gain? Nothing. So Pasanakanda is that section where there is a, a, a great critique of material life and the person has, has a, developed, the person who is interested in this Upasanakanda has no interest in obtaining the material goals available in this life on earth are obtained in the higher planets within this universe. They're simply seeking moksha, liberation. So a person in that category may want to go to heaven, may want to attain nirvana, may want to attain moksha. So you find this in different religions. A person may want some form of spiritual emancipation from this world. So that is the second level. So what does the first level and second level have in common? The bottom level and level two. Jnana yoga and the, the uh, karmakanda section. What do they, yeah, what do they have in common? It's all about themselves. So in bhakti, it's a sense of not what Krishna is going to give me, but what I'm going to give Krishna. I want to do something for Krishna. Like back to the example of the mother, the 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 baby. She just wants to offer her love. The mother, the the baby is not doing anything really for the mother. He's not paying the bills. He is not. Uh, he's not doing anything any entertaining at at a few days old. <laughs> But he's, she's still, she just, it's a more of a sense of giving is there. So yeah, that's when Vyasadeva, he started to write about, uh, compile the Srimad Bhagavatam. Or represent the Srimad Bhagavatam. To, to, uh, have a, a clear understanding of bhakti. So next verse, text 20. Tapasveno dana para yashashveno manashveno mantra veda sumangalaha shemam navedanti vina yad aparna arpanam tasmai subhadra shashvase namo namaha Those who perform severe austerities and penances who give away all their possessions out of charity, who are very famous for their auspicious activity, those who are engaged in meditation and mental speculation, and even those expert in reciting Vedic mantras, are not able to obtain any auspicious results, though they are engaged in auspicious activities. 
There's a word subhadra, is auspicious. Sumangala, subhadra. If they do not dedicate their activities to the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, so it gives a whole list of spiritual activities, but they're not obtaining the results. If they do not dedicate that to the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I therefore repeatedly offer my obeisances to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose glories are always auspicious. Purport. This is a quotation from two four seventeen. Kevala jnana mukti deita nara bhakti vine krishan mukhe se mukti hoya vina jnane. Speculative knowledge alone without devotional service is not able to give liberation. On the other hand, even without knowledge one can attain liberation if one engages in the service of, engages in the Lord's devotional service. So, Jnana, our spiritual knowledge, is considered one of the prerequisites of obtaining liberation, having having spiritual knowledge. But here, Krishna, it is stated here by Lord Chaitanya, which is also uh, from the Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam, that Jnana and Vairagya, knowledge and spiritual det- and material detachment, come as a byproduct of devotional service. One does not actually have to pursue those things separately. For example, Krishna says, Tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam prittipurvakam tadhami bhudi yogam tam yenamam upayanti te. So, Tesham satata yuktanam, he says, to those who are always engaged, bhajatam pritipurvakam, in loving devotional service, tadhami, I give, bhudi yogam, spiritual knowledge, yenamamupayantite, by which they can come back to me. Teisham, how does he do this? Teisham evanakam partam ahamagyana jamtamaha, nashamiyat mabhavasto gyanadipena bashvata, he says, I'm dwelling in their heart. He says, I destroy the darkness of ignorance with the shining lamp of knowledge from within their heart. Uh, so, that is the power of spiritual knowledge, that it destroys ignorance. If one, if all the lights are off, that just, you light one candle, the, the darkness cannot put out the light. So it's, it overcomes the darkness. It overcomes ignorance, the spiritual knowledge. But here Krishna is saying, Lord Chaitanya is saying, that it comes as a byproduct of devotional service. One does not have to pursue it separately. He also explains this in the first canto, very close to the previous verse that we read. Is it one, two, and those one, five, one, five, twelve, right around that area. Purport. One cannot attain liberation simply by speculative knowledge, even though one may be able to distinguish between Brahman and matter. One's liberation will be hampered if he is misled into thinking that the living entity is as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Indeed, one falls down again into the material platform because considering oneself the Supreme Person, the Supreme Absolute Truth, is offensive. 
When such a person comes in contact with a pure devotee, he can actually become liberated from material bondage and engage in the Lord's service. A prayer by Bilva Mangatakur is relevant here. Bhaktistvai stirarata bhagavan yadisyad dainevana palati divya kishoramuti mukti svayam mukti anjali sevate isman dharmartha kama gayata samaya pratikshaha O my Lord, if one becomes, if one is engaged in your pure devotional service with determination, you become visible in your original transcendental youthful form as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And as far as liberation is concerned, she stands before the devotee with folded hands, waiting to render service. Religion, economic development, and sense gratification are all automatically attained without separate endeavor. Krishna Karnamavita 107 Shreya Shritim Bhakti Yudasya Tevibho Klishanti Ye Kevalabho Dalabhate Tesham Aso Kleshasa Kleshala Eva Shishyate Nanyat Yad Shthula Tusha my dear Lord, devotional service unto you is the only auspicious path. If one gives it up simply for speculative knowledge or understanding that these living entities are spirit souls and the material world is false, he undergoes a great deal of trouble. He only gains troublesome and inauspicious activities. His endeavors are like beating a husk that is already devoid of rice. His labor becomes fruitless. Purport, this is a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam. 10.14.4 Daiviyesha gunamayi mamamaya dhiratya mamevaye prapadyante maya etam dharantite this divine energy of mind, consisting of the three modes of material nature, is difficult to overcome. But those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it. This is a quotation from Srimad, the Bhagavad Gita 7.14. So in Sanskrit, usually what is known is presented in the first line or the first double lines. And the revelation, something that is new information, is presented in the second part. Like for example, it says, "Ete chamsasakala pumsha." All these avatars come from the pumshas, the purushas, the Shirodakshai Vishnu, Krishna stu Bhagavan Swayam. But Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. So the first half of the verse is more readily available knowledge that the avatars come from the uh, uh, purusha forms of the Lord who appear in the material world. But Krishna is the supreme, original, supreme personality of God. That is uh, lesser, not not as widely known. So here, the, this Krishna is saying, This energy of mine is very difficult, is impossible to overcome. So that's the first half. 
that is uh, readily known. But the second part is not so readily known, it's more confidential. But a person who surrenders unto me easily crosses beyond it. So the first half it says, it's basically impossible to overcome. And the second half it says, it's very easy to overcome. And the example is given that it's like an ocean, but as soon as you surrender to the Lord or his representative, it shrinks to the size that ocean shrinks to the size of the water contained within the puddle of a calf's hoofprint. Very easy to cross. Krishna Nityadas Jeev Tahabhuli Gail Edo Shemayatar Galai Bhandil The living entity is bound around the neck by the chain of Maya. Because he has forgotten that he is eternally a servant of Krishna. So we have this chain on our neck. So what should we replace that with? Tulsi, yeah. We have our Tulsi Mala. This is like a, you know, the, the stray dogs. Prabhupada was walking in Bombay. And on the beach, Juhu Beach. And there, there is a man. He has, uh, he has his pet dog. And the dog looks very happy. His hair is brushed. He looks all clean. Because he is Sanat. He is not a stray. He has a lord. He has a caretaker. And though if you go to India and you look at the stray dog, oh, he looks so miserable. He is Anat without a lord. So the Tosi, we always wear the Tosi because this is like our wedding ring, wedding ring for Krishna. That we're we have a Lord, we have a we have someone. We are taken. We we are surrendered to the Lord, or we are in the path of trying to surrender to the Lord. So this we trade that for the cha- the the kind of slavery chain of Maya. Tatta Krishna Bhaje Karak Gaurava Sevan Maya Jahat Chute Pai Krishna Charan So just like you don't want to go out without your wedding ring, you should always wear your Tosi. If a conditioned soul engages in the service of the Lord and simultaneously carries out the order of the spiritual master and serves him, he can get out of the clutches of Maya and become eligible for the service of, a, of Krishna's lotus feet. Purport is the fact that every living entity is a servant of Krishna. This is forgotten due to the influence of Maya, which induces him to, one to believe in material happiness. Being illusioned by Maya, one thinks that material happiness is only the only desirable object. This material consciousness is like a chain around the neck of the conditioned soul. As long as one is bound to that conception, he cannot get out of Maya's clutches. However, if by Krishna's mercy he gets in touch with a bona fide spiritual master, abides by his order and serves him, engaging others, Engaging other conditioned souls in, in the Lord's service, then he attains liberation and the Lord and Lord Krishna's shelter. 
Charivanashramiyadi Krishna Nahi Bhaje Swakama Kalite Se Rorave Padinaji. The followers of the Varnashram institution accept the regulative principles of the four orders Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishnas, and Shudras, and the four spiritual orders Brahmachari, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sanyas. But however, if one carries out the regulative principles of these orders, but does not render service to Krishna, then he falls into a hellish condition of material life. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This Rorava is a, means hellish. Purport. One may be a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, or Shudra. Or one may perfectly follow the spiritual principles of Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprasa, and Sannyasa. But if one of one... <coughs> but if ultimately one fall, fall, but ultimately one falls into a hell hellish condition, if he unless he becomes a devo, devotee. So you can follow all the Vedic rules, but if you're not becoming a devotee, it's going to lead to a hellish condition. Without developing one's dormant Krishna consciousness, one cannot be factually elevated. The dormant the regulative principles of Varnashram Dharma are themselves insufficient for attainment of the highest perfection. This is confirmed in the following two quotations from the Srimad Bhagavatam 11, 5, 2, and 3. Mukha Bahuru Padebhya Purushasya Shramai Saha Chatvaro Janite Varna Guna Vipada Prithak. From the mouth of Brahma, the Brahminical order has come into existence. Similarly, from his arms, the Kshatriyas have come. From his waist, the Vaishyas. And his legs, the Shudras have come. The, these four orders and spiritual counterparts, Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprasa, and Sanyas, combine to make human society complete. Yesham purusha sakshad atma prabham ishwaram nabajanti avajananti stanad brashta patanti da. If one simply maintains an official position in the four varnas and ashrams but does not worship the Supreme Lord Vishnu, he falls down from his puffed up position into a hellish condition. Jnani Gyani jiva mukta dasha paino karinvane vastuta bhuri shudha nahi krishna bhakti vine. So this last verse we'll read. There are many philosophical speculators, gyanis, belonging to the Mayavadi school, who consider them liberated and call themselves Narayan, but their intelligence is not purified unless they engage in Krishna's devotional service. So we'll stop here and see if there's any Comments, questions, or reflections? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, in uh, in Jnana Yoga, generally you you try to develop spiritual knowledge, and then you develop you work on developing detachment from material things, and then when you come to that platform where you're detached. Then you focus your consciousness upon Brahman, or the, the Supreme. Um, the, our, that's called the path of negation. 
you're trying to uh, minus things. So this is the path of addition, where you're trying to add things. And so what do I mean by that? So, you know, the Murdanga, they're kind of delicate. If you drop them on the floor, they, they break. So imagine you're holding a basketball. I have a Murdanga in my hand. I'm a little crazy. And I say, catch! I toss the Murdanga in your direction. What do you do? So you immediately go to catch the Murdanga. And with that one action, you drop the basketball. You don't like put the basketball down and then go for the Murdanga. You just immediately go for the Murdanga and you drop the basketball in one step. So Jnana is like the two steps where you're trying to get rid of, the basketball represents your attachment to all things material. And so you're trying to get rid of that and then after you come to the stage of detachment, then you connect by becoming attached to the Supreme. But we just go get attached to the Supreme and just by getting attached to the Supreme, we become detached from the material. Just by becoming attached to Krishna, you automatically become detached from Maya. So just one step instead of two. So that is called yoga. It's addition. Actually, Prabhupada said, in, in the Sanskrit word, in math, there is V-yoga, which means minus, and yoga means plus. So we add Krishna, and then everything else becomes purified. We automatically become detached. So it's much, much easier. Just become attached to Krishna and just work on that attachment. Uh, we don't have to, you know, sit and put fires all around our bodies, you know, like sit in the desert and surround ourselves by fires. We don't have to go to the Himalayas and sit in the ice river just so we can become detached. I mean, we practice some little austerities. We have a Kadashi fast half a day for such and such acharya. Maybe one day we fast a full day. Not really intense austerities because those things are important. But um, they're not the primary means of... Actually, we do it more as just to get our consciousness... Um, it's kind of like mental health. We have our physical health. So we do some fasting and stuff like that in the service of the Lord so we can be better suited. But not that we are, are fasting and our austerities is what's going to give us Krishna. Right. Thank you very much. We should be aware of how this material world works. and It is a fearful place. Um, generally, if we are just, if we are living in the idea of my enjoyment, then somehow we cause pain to others. The bhakti system is we're thinking Krishna's enjoyment. And anything opposed to bhakti is my enjoyment. And generally, if we're in that kind of mode, then eventually we will do something that is basically incurring a reaction upon ourselves. And thus we will suffer for how we're behaving in this world. Um, 
And even, for example, there was a king named Riga. And he was considered uh, perfect, practically perfect in his kind of ritualistic endeavors uh, to attain piety. Not a devotee of the Lord, but very, very diligent in following Vedic rules. And he gave thousands of cows in charity to one brahmana. And then he gave thousands of cows in charity to another brahmana. But one of the cows that he gave to the first one came back home. And thus he gave that same cow to the other brahmana. So the brahmanas came to know that there is one of their cows was given away to you know to the other person. They felt like they were being cheated. They were arguing amongst each other, and they realized, wait, the king, you know, he gave me this cow, and he's like, no, no, he gave me that cow a month ago. They were feeling cheated, and they ended up cursing the king to take birth as a lizard. Actually, Krishna, he found this, uh, he was on the bottom of a well, he saw this lizard stuck. He stretched his arm, actually his arm stretched really long, (laughs) and took out the the, the lizard and and, uh, rescued him. And being touched by Krishna, he actually uh, gave up that lizard form and attained back his more of a spiritual form. But one of the points is that in in trying to do everything in this world perfectly, it's even possible to make small little mistakes that somehow bite us. But one is one is uh, coming to the path of devotion of the Lord. Then he has a particular he has a protector that is always looking out for him. Sometimes if a child is really naughty, in America they'll send him to, not a concentration camp, but military school. Or in India they may send you to your uncle. If you're just like so naughty, like okay, you have to stay with your uncle and he's going to be like really strict with you or your auntie or something like that. So our auntie that we're staying with, her name is Maya. And when we experience our karma, the reactions of our past deeds under the shelter of Maya, they're not always in a way that are very enlightening. They can correct certain behavioral uh, habits. Like for example, if someone's very uh, greedy in this life, in their next life, they're born very poor, that, that greed gets kind of eradicated by being born in that situation. They feel uh, generally people that are homeless are actually very conscious and aware of other people's suffering. And are usually, like if there's some, they've done social experiments, they're usually the first person to go help somebody or or, are being conscious not to be greedy. Like one guy, he walked around with a jacket and he taped uh, $5, $2, $1 bills all over his jacket. And he walked around with a sign that said, take what you need. And this business lady started taking all of it. 
And he said, do you need it? He said, yeah, I want my nails to get done. And then he went to a homeless man and the guy took two dollars. He said, Are you sure? He said, you, you have a dog, you're here outside. He said, no, I don't want to be greedy. So our karma may kind of keep us in line to a certain degree. Um, but it doesn't produce the kind of reactions that, the reactions don't produce a, such a enlightening result that we actually begin to see the hand of the Lord. Versus when someone is in bhakti, the good things that happen to him and the bad things that happen to him become very, uh, uh, very clear lessons. Very, very clear. They're they're presented in such a way that it's very obvious the things that he's supposed to learn, not just materially but spiritually. So it's one is no longer being babysitted by the kind of indifferent and cruel babysitter named Maya. But one is being cared by their 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 sweet caretake, caretaker, Sri Krishna, who, for example, bad things happen and the person uh, has some kind of epiphany, like they connect it to something and they understand, okay, this, this is what I learned. Or something good happens and they have this understanding, oh, Krishna is taking care of me so nicely. And many, all of us have different experiences of good things and bad things that happen and they, they often, they bring up some, like for example, those who go out and sell books, the Bhagavad Gita on the street. It's said to be very dear action, Krishna, because we're giving the opportunity for people to have spiritual knowledge. And so often Krishna gives special attention to those people who are doing those things. So I remember one day I was considering, oh, I need a watch. I don't know, you know what time is it. And then someone came up to me and said, hey, would you like a watch? Here's a watch. And then I was standing all day in the rain in Portland, Oregon, uh, with the books. I was like, it would be nice to have a jacket. And someone came up to me and said, hey, I have this $300 snowboard jacket. Would you like it? It's like, wow. And then one day I was thinking, oh, I need a wife. And then I sold her a book. <laughs> you have to be careful what you desire. But Krishna, it, what, he says, yeah, he says, to those who are constantly devo- uh, devoted to serving me with love, I, I carry whatever they lack. I bring whatever they lack. And I preserve all those good things that they have. So there's a special sense of care and attention there. Otherwise, we've lived billions of lifetimes... And therefore, we have to be fearful of our past karmas. Because maybe we're behaving good in this life, but we don't know how many other lives that we... Uh, even if we're behaving good in this life, all day long we've, we don't make offenses to others, we don't do anything bad. I'm sure there's some reactions that we could expect. So many, many lifetimes we've lived, and we have uh, debts and credits 
We have burdens and, and uh, benefits that are coming towards us. And therefore this can be very fearful. So it's not that Krishna is punishing us, but we are punishing ourselves by how we interact in this world. So karma is, is our own behaviors and coming uh, the reactions that come back from our own behaviors. Therefore it can be very hellish. For example, in America, so many people kill animals. So guaranteed, there has to be some hellish reaction. Because we're causing such horrible distress to others. Does that make sense? Okay, thank you very much for your questions. Thank you for your reflections. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki.